Hey, everybody. Hope uh, hope everybody's having the best week ever. Uh, this show is brought to you by our buddies over at Apex Pro. Uh, and uh, check them out at, uh, at uh, apextrackcoach.com. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new things coming out, uh, hardware and software wise, through them. Uh, and uh, yeah, give the uh, give the website a look. Um, Apex Pro is uh, only supported on iOS, so you got to steal your mom's iPhone if you're an Android dork like me. But uh, it's really really cool, unintimidating, and uh, and kind of intuitive as far as the uh, the in car display, etc. So check out ApexTrackCoach.com. We're gonna have Andrew on the show shortly. And I also really, really want to thank uh, our Patreon sub- sub- uh, subscribers, uh, patrons, whatever you call them. Uh, our buddy, uh, he, this is actually the dude who found me my supercharger, Scott, Scott Malloy, uh, and Alex Nordson, Eric Streeter. Man, he's a, he's a friend of ours from up north. Chandler Marr, who's ran through a bunch of Good Life uh, Beginner and Intermediate, and uh, I believe he's got a goal of running GLTC next year. Uh, Jacob, uh, I don't know how to say Jacob's last name, Bodenauer, looks like it, uh, Jay Glumis, Marshall Cash, Matt Murphy, Pete Lindbergh, my man from uh, from Texas, uh, my other man from Texas, I got two Texas men, and uh, and Phil uh, Jolicoeur, jo- I don't know, I'm probably butchering that name, but he's a silly goose, he signed up for the silly goose level, we love that, thank you guys so much, uh, you guys are helping uh, basically make uh, the website and probably get some travel uh, out of some of this bucks uh, so that we can get Abe and myself down to do cool interviews and get Derek up here and things like that, so I uh, hope to produce uh, more cool shows and uh, really appreciate it, if you can search Slip Angle and Patreon in the Google search. It should pop up first thing. Uh, and really, really appreciate all the uh, listeners, regardless of their commitment level monetarily. And uh, you guys, uh, you guys are all the best. So, on with the show. Friday night, and we wow. just finished uh, dinner after the show at PRI. Yep, stomping around in Indianapolis, just huffing, schlepping. Actually, well, I, yeah, we did carry our bags the whole time, so we're schlepping a little bit. Uh, this is the third or fourth show in two days or two and a half days. It's not that many, but yeah, it's a lot. One time, Austin and I did eight podcasts in two days here. That was fun. Sick, and actually, we are at sick. Uh, Sarah, yeah. uh, what is it? Speedway Ender Karting. Um, That's what it's called. Yep. Speedway Ender Karting. So, we said it correctly? Good. Excellent. So we're, uh, we're upstairs in the conference room waiting to throw a party. And uh, yeah, Abe, I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, my mouth hurts. I'm, I've been talking all day. All yeah. Day. Probably not as much as Chris's. Chris's mouth probably really hurts. He doesn't even really want to talk on the show. So, um, I had a really good, uh, really good show. With Jeff Braun. The this best. might come out before then. We might save that for show 300. Ooh, uh, that's a good idea. I think we should. That was a really good one. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, if it is rounding the turn of the year, we might be uh, uh, not talking to you if you haven't resubscribed. So uh, we're now changing our podcast host. 
uh, around show 300, uh, change of this season into 2020, we are changing hosts. You might need to resubscribe. Uh, Abe, you've been to what two or three PRI shows? Uh, four or five. Really? Yeah, I came. Did you uh, come before you were working with Good Life? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I came as I guess a driver. Okay. Um, I, I came down from uh, Michigan. Michigan. I think and, I remember talking to you. That and I year. stayed with uh, Paul Curley, and I got a hotel, okay. and we got rowdy, and uh, yeah. that was that was that. <laughs> you, when you used to not live in Indianapolis, uh, I appreciate your hospitality the last couple nights. Yeah, we had like the whole squad in the. Uh, you might have a bunch more people there till like Sunday. It sounds. Yeah, like. that that'll be news to me. <laughs> it sounds like Derek's not flying out till Sunday. I don't know, uh, man. Hey. You can probably hide from them. Your house is big enough. You can I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like, you guys are going to be right. gone, and I don't have, unless you give me a mission of, like, something to do. Uh, I came uh, last year to talk to timing people, but we kind of already did that this year. What I would do is I would talk to as many potential someday partners and just let them know what we do Yeah, and just okay. talk to them. Yeah, with, um, like, no real agenda. I mean, yeah. Uh, did we talk to racing radios today? We did not. We didn't find them. Uh, the one time we walked by, there was nobody there. Oh, I see. So... Yeah, not too big of a deal. But, we're uh, uh, we're trying to put in a little bit more investment in uh, building contingencies. Um, yep. Ra- the the series is really getting um, next level. Hayward from SCCA just texted me about surprising things too. There's all kinds of things happening, so that's good. Um, the NATA town hall press conference was this morning. That's right. It went pretty well. Yep, it did. Um, um, just the right length of time, I think. Yeah. We spoke for maybe eight nine minutes and. Yeah. Had some decent announcements. Um, yeah, we've got a, an electric vehicle class um, yeah. that is kind of track mod, but specific to electric. Yeah, I think that's probably a good starting place because uh, their fast cars are already out of the box. Yeah, and uh, there there are fast electric things on the market already. And if uh, if people are if people are changing from a car from you know existing production, it's open to production chassis cars, not tube frame, whatever. But if people are changing a, you know, an old car into an electric-powered car, it might be pretty heavily modified. Right. Uh, so that's that's kind of where you know you're not going to have like a stock-ish car, and even if you did, uh, you're going to put it in, light, in something lighter, like that old Honda Accord that has the Tesla drivetrain that does eights or whatever in a quarter mile. Sick. <laughs> so, so who knows where that where that market to go. Um, it, a lot of uh, talk about electric stuff today. Yeah, we spent a bunch of time talking with AEM about their new electric vehicle uh, controller. Like it's like a standalone engine management, but it says motor management, I guess you'd call it, for electric vehicles. I suppose vehicle. so. Um, it, uh, it's, yeah, it's stuff that like you didn't even think about two years ago. Two years ago, Tesla wasn't even really a thing. Um, At least not. Like I mean, Tesla's been around a little while. Actually, but our, first, like, our first electric vehicle in... Tech, grid Lifetime Attack was at an event two years ago. That's right. It was... Uh, Sasha. Was I that think. a Model 3? It was like right when Model 3s came out. Could have been, yeah. Yeah. It was not this season, but the season before maybe? I don't remember. Uh, maybe two seasons? I don't remember. It all blurs together. But. So, like, I'm not... I'm not expecting uh, electric vehicles to kind of replace internal combustion for races longer than you know 20 no, minutes or whatever it's gonna but be a while before you see when you name. think about what the perfect recipe would be for a time attack car or a hill climb car it's yep. electric short high bursts because uh, that's what time attack is but uh, my brother several years ago my brother who's our chief of timing and scoring he 
he's kind of always like uh, thought electric stuff was cool, uh, even since he was a little kid. He's a tinkerer. Uh, yeah, he's a bit of a tinkerer. And five, four or five years ago, like the first event he ever timed for us, um, that would have been 2015, maybe 2016, Grid Life. Uh, the first event he ever timed for us, I remember after the event, he said, you know, it would be a perfect time attack car, an electric car. Yeah. Like if you sorted it and you built it, uh, make it as light as you can, it's only got to do a couple laps. Uh, and there's some set, there's some truth there. So um, we'll see what happens with it. It's, uh, it's an interesting time. What else did we do uh, today? I don't know. We talked to a bunch of people. Yeah, we talked to... I want to just keep doing shows with Jeff Braun. We should just invite him to be part of the, show, part of the podcast. I wish he would be it's part the of the show. most interesting guest. He's the best. Like, uh, I'm trying to imagine what would happen if an both he and Gary were on the show at the same time. Uh, like, we just let him go. We did an hour 40 without even trying or whatever. Hour well, and a half. Like, and there were people around. I kind of thought that maybe we had to, like, go do stuff. No, I would have preferred to let to the watch. show go for a couple more hours. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, he's done everything in the motorsports world. He's done pretty much everything but F1. Uh, IndyCar crew chief for six or eight years. Yep. Top fuel dragster stuff, like all kinds of things. Uh, fascinating dude. So if this comes out before then, you should definitely stay tuned for that show. And he may um, or may not have a follow-up episode that we want to do. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> he's done a pretty well-known episode of Dinner with Racers. It um, might be the best single yeah. episode of any podcast uh, ever. Any motorsports podcast I've ever heard. Um, the Dinner with Racers show that he did was it was the Level 5 special uh, where they talked about basically uh, it was a story of of if you, of what happens when you have unlimited budgets in club racing uh, about Scott Tucker who has there's since been a Netflix documentary that came out about his dealings and all kinds of things uh, but uh, yeah, he was in the payday loan business and made billions of dollars and spent a lot of it racing IMSA racing Ferrari Challenge racing all kinds of stuff but uh, and he became a really like well known like talented gentleman driver. And then he wanted to win the SEC runoffs at Road America, and he wanted to break the overall track record, which was, I believe, sub two minutes. It's been a couple of years since I listened to that. Um, and he basically spent all the money doing it. Very, very cool show, talking about how they did it. And, uh, and it actually did work in the end, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, just a very interesting story. And s- today we brought it up on the show with Jeff and he said, oh, you know what? I listened back to that and there's like 45 minutes or an hour more of stuff that I didn't even tell. Uh, <laughs> so we got we to gotta take notes and we got to quiz him and see what pops back into Jeff's mind about that because I want to hear more stories about that particular racing endeavor portion of his life. It's a captivating story, really. Yeah. Like just, just it's stuff you don't hear about. So Anyone um, who is listening to this show, if they haven't heard it, go find it. Uh, because it is, it's the best. Yeah, the back, and he and like he comes from the backside of racing that's never glamorized uh, in you know media. You don't see documentaries about crew chiefs, uh, but the best stories, just the freaking best stories. Love talking to that dude. Um, lots and lots of hustle. Um, smart, smart yeah. dudes. And he's been in it since the seventies. Uh, he was the first crew chief and like grew up best friends with NASCAR champion alan kawicki uh like he's got all the coolest stories they've done he's done everything um the the thing that freaked me out a little bit was when we started talking about good life gltc wheel to wheel yeah and we we told him that it was a 14 minute like 15 minute super sprint and he and and his face lit up and he's like how come nobody else has done that that's what the racing i wanted to (laughs) so that was cool a little bit of uh a little bit of justification for our stupid ideas. So 
Uh, hopefully he gets out to the Coda event at Circuit of the Americas. That could be, that could be interesting. How many people do you think we're going to see at that event? I don't know. I have no idea. We've had a lot of interest from GLTC drivers, uh, but we'll see where it goes. So, I don't, I don't think people value the off season enough. They I like- just had a text from, um, I just had a text from one of our Midwest GLTC drivers or a guy who's aspiring to be a GLTC driver. Uh, he's converting a car to GLTC specs, uh, and he asked me if that is going to be part of the GLTC points series. Mm, yeah, uh, like if you if that c- counts towards your overall points for the season, why wouldn't it? You know, it's, I think it's, it has to. Yeah, it's first round of the year. So Now, uh, I'll be honest. I haven't really looked at the 2020 GLTC rules. I probably should. Give my competition director and you're blowing it, Abe. Yeah, well, uh, we did that. Uh, we did GLTC at uh, October. Yep. Was that an event for 2020, like Time Attack? Okay. Yep, that was the first round of 2020, running under the 2019 rules. But we did have the first draft of 2020 published already at that point. So uh, cars from either spec, which is basically the same spec. GLTC, it was a minimum change. A lot of wording changes. Yeah, Clarifications, sure. like what does this mean? What does that mean? Because the first round of rules was pretty simple. Um, so the 2020 spec for GLTC, is lo- it's not really a performance change. Mm-hmm. It's more of a lot of clarification. Uh, a couple little tightening things on like w- overall aero, like mainly so cars can race closer together. Sure. Some wording changes, things like that. So. Um, yeah, well, yeah, nothing crazy. It's it's kind of an amazing class to watch, and like all the pieces really came together really nice. It worked better than we thought it would for the first year. It worked better than I thought it would for the first year. Everybody else seems like they expected it to do that, <laughs> and I just was nervous. <laughs> I think you lost yeah. quite a bit of sleep over it right before Mid Ohio. Well, yeah, well, right at, right before rules launched too. You know, oh yeah, it was Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, yeah, good season so far. This is kind of a nice end of the end of the year. It's been, yeah. Nice way to wrap up the year. See all your friends again. It's December uh, after Thanksgiving. We couldn't walk 12 feet in that trade show without finding a driver. Or a yeah, buddy. like anytime we were trying to do something, Con- it seemed like, oh, yeah, just one of the buddies. Stop yeah. it in. That was cool. Um, that's, and that's sort of what tonight is about, where you just give everybody a place to hang out. So a bunch of our drivers are going to come and actually drive uh, at a trade show. So this is one of the more accessible trade shows, too, especially since we're Midwest-based. Yeah, right. Uh like organization so a lot of drivers are within three hours of this well i was um i was talking to paul curly uh while you were talking to chris um, from haltech from haltech and we were thinking about the schedule and how how events are actually laid out yeah and if you were you know indiana illinois ohio based yeah you could pick your entire like race time attack season Mm -hmm. and and minimize your tow time to like five hours maybe it's pretty central right like We've There's got Mid Ohio, NCM, uh, Autobahn, yep. Gingerman. Road that's America. like, that's yeah. And then for Chicago people, Road America is at the same distance as Gingerman, virtually. Yep. Two and a half, three hours, uh, just the other direction. Uh, we have a large contingent contingent of Wisconsin and Minnesota drivers, like yep. a ton of them. Um, and the Canadians, they just come from a different way around the lake, I think, but I'm not actually sure. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. You know, we saw to, those guys today. They and seem to enjoy Road America. <laughs> when their when they're high-strung time attack cars exploded, that wasn't as fun. But what a crazy place. Yeah, it's a big place. Uh, three days at Road America this year, was that uh, was a busy one. So, um, But, yeah, feeling good about, the, about things right now, which is welcome. I'm, yeah, like I'm, jazzed up about everything. It seems like talking with Jeff just kind of, like, gets you going. Yeah, like and talking to everybody else the last couple of days. And even just, like... 
uh, staying up till 1 a.m. chatting at your house. Yeah. Or 2 a.m. on the Wednesday night. But, so late. Uh, it was good. Good to talk to everybody. Now, like, it seems like even if I stay up late, I can't actually sleep in. So No, I, I couldn't sleep in either. The upstairs bedroom at your house, the blinds, like they don't actually block the light. They diffuse it and spread it around the room. Yeah. <laughs> Those that's big not, wide That's not lights. helpful. Um, could change that for me, Abe. Man, I got to write a review on hotel hotel schmucker. Well, why don't we just trade it? Where like you can fix my leaky toilet and you can uh, yeah you can fix my blinds and I'll let you stay there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm into oh, that. You can still talk. They don't care. Uh, we got we got Chris <laughs> Miller. Hi. From Power Hi, Chris. Hi, friends. Um, so what, what else? What time is this thing? What time does this thing start? I don't even know what time it is. It's. It's uh, it's eight o'clock now, so eight we got. Oh, I ain't talking for another hour. We're no fire way. Back up. We're only at fourteen minutes though. We should probably do like yeah. another ten. Well, we just combine things. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a, this is a good intro. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll interview like five minute bangers throughout the rest that of the night. Sounds great. All right, see you later. All right, we're recording again. We're still at. We're still. Where are we? Indianapolis. Uh, Another racetrack somewhere. I've said the name of this kart track four times. I can't. Speedway Indoor Karting. That's where we're at. Um, we are. Uh, we're with uh, one of the ra- founders of Racers 360, uh, Dion Is that Von Mulkey. Yeah, man, you nailed it right That's off the I bat. Thought. Yeah, I've heard, absolutely. I, I've, uh, I've heard you being announced in all the pro <laughs> racing things. You know? Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you want to give us the five-minute story on your race history, quick? You've done yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, I've done a lot of things. I can yeah. condense it down. Um, so, yeah, I started in karting when I was about 13. Right. Um, I did a, my first race like a month in, and then like yeah. six months later, I was doing a national championships, and a year right. later, I was competing world championships. Marked, worked my way up the ladder uh, into sports cars. Right. Uh, started racing in Grand Am and ALMS. And what year was this event? This would have been, started in Grand Am in 2009, 2008. What kind of cars were you racing? Uh, so I started in Coney Challenge in 07 okay. and then graduated up to o, to Grand Am. I did one or two races in a GT car, Racer's right. Edge and a Mazda RX-8, and then went straight to Daytona Prototypes. What? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was fun. Uh, so did DPs for a season, and at that point it was... Uh, it didn't look like there was much of a future in prototypes okay. for a career, so we made a decision, hey, GT cars are where I should be for manufacturers. So, back up a second. How many years in were you before you raced DPs? Uh, total, <laughs> it would have been, gosh, six years. That's so crazy. Yeah, from like okay. my very first race to the Daytona prototype and right. the 24 hours of Daytona, so that was pretty fast. Okay. Um, so I went back to GT cars, won my first pro ALMS race then, was right. racing for TRG. Uh, right. Then made the switch to Audi in 2012. Right. Um, won the Sebring 12 hours in 2012. Right. And then 2013 won the Daytona 24 hour with Audi. Won the Sebring 12 hour the same year. And then Flying Lizard yeah. hired me as well in 2013. Right. So that was a good year. That's a good um, year. So then I ended up doing IMSA WeatherTech uh, for the next four or five seasons. Audi hired me officially in 2016. Right. Uh, so I spent a year for with them. And then. Uh, Opportunity started to dry up and started to look. What else can I do with my career? Being a pro racer is hard. Yeah, I mean, look, it's yeah. anything that's a lot of fun to do. Yeah. It should be hard, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was able to to be lucky early in my career. Drive for some of the best teams in the business: Alex Joe, Flying Lizard, TRG. Right. Uh, when those opportunities for the top teams dried up, right. it became a lot more difficult and a lot less fun. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what what gave you this is a brilliant idea when I first Thank heard you. that this was a thing what gave you the idea to do uh, Racers 360 yeah so when Audi hired me I went out and did a lot of amateur racing events with them as like a, a brand ambassador and right. I started to realize how poor the education was for amateur 
drivers. Right. Um, and the more I started doing coaching, the more I started going to amateur events, I started to see, look, this is a problem throughout the whole... Poor meaning, like, you don't have accessibility to, like, real coaching. Yeah, exactly. So, trying to hire... crazy money. Yeah, ex- trying to hire me yeah. or my peers was way too expensive for most to be able to access. So, most yeah. just relied on their buddy, and their buddy was just like, just break deeper, and that's how you go faster, right. which is not coaching. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> so that's what I've been telling people, though. Just, just break deeper. Get on throttle, hey, man. man. Just go up to the one. It ain't no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. So... You know, that's uh, maybe we could say that's a, that's coaching light. Yeah, uh, more common. I'm not good at a lot of things. You know, I'm not saying I'm a good coach. <laughs> well, let's let's just see. If we can give it, give it yourself an opportunity. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, so what what we try I to do think feel about, like you're right though. That's like everybody's like first instructor. Like, no, you can totally go to the two. Right. Like, stop it, and then yeah. they go way into the sand trap. I mean, <laughs> I was taught that at Sebring, and I yeah. I. I went to the one, and then I went to the wall, and right. that's not what we want yeah. to happen, right? Seems like everybody's heard that story, though. Yeah, we all have been no, there. Break so- deeper, just break deeper, break deeper. <laughs> and I go deeper, too deep. <laughs> oh just, no, 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 that was hit- way too. Oh! <laughs> you didn't hit the brakes hard enough, man. Yeah, that's dude, all. I don't know. You know, you just you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what happens when someone hires us in person? Right. We don't right seat coach. We use video or data right. after the session, review it. All of which you can do remotely, yeah. and all of which doesn't need to happen synchronously. Right. So we said, well, how do we make this more affordable and accessible and easier? Because right. nobody likes these hour-long Zoom meetings, and you have to like you know schedule. So that's where we started to say, look, let's reduce the amount of time coaches need, so we can drastically reduce the cost, right? And make it for easier for coaches yeah. and learners to say, hey, just upload something. And you get an yeah. email back saying, hey, your coaching session's ready. You watch it. You can watch as many times as you want. Right. It's world-class coaches for less than $100. And it's and yours, so you can watch it next year when you go back there. Exactly. And, uh, Personalized yeah. to you, your car, your experience level, your goals. Right. And there's a follow-up with the coach. If you have some questions, it's there. You ask them. You right. can, we, the coaches can look at where you are, understand the situation. You might be doing 50 things wrong, right. but they're able to say, okay, where do we need to start? This is the primary thing we need to fix. Right. This is how we're going to fix it. And then yeah. the next time you come back, when that's fixed, the next is an iterative process, which is how learning works. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, so that's basically what you guys do. Yeah, exactly. You upload yeah. your video or data. If you don't have data, no problem. It could be from a video from your phone or GoPro, right. any data device, any camera device. You upload it. You sit back, relax. You'll get back your personalized coaching lesson for under $100. Right. World-class coaches. We have IndyCar guys. We have a current Penske racing driver with Ricky Taylor, right. Mike Skeen, really? Cameron Lawrence, multiple Daytona 24-hour winners. Yeah. Um, and so it's the best coaches in the world, and they'll give you this you know, 10 to 15-minute personalized lesson corner by corner breakdown of how you can yeah. improve and what you, and how you actually go about making that change which is what right. coaching is it's pretty rad yeah it's, it's a really good idea i mean the, the results which have blown me away i did not think this on average we've seen drivers pick up a second and a half right which is pretty nuts it's on average on average yeah it's so impressive. we've seen drivers obviously maybe more beginner drivers pick up six seven seconds right which is like what <laughs> yeah so so you're you're talking to even beginner level HPDE guys. Yeah, we've worked with yeah. people after their first day, and we've worked with people who've been in this sport for twenty five years. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely, it's um, fun. And uh, I would assume it's uh, adoptions growing well. It's going happen. It's happening, right? Yeah. Because yeah, like, yeah, every absolutely. event we're at, like people are like, oh, what was that company that does that? How do I do that? Like we, <laughs> we've talked to people about it at every event, and we I've talked to that. people on the podcast that have used it. 
Yeah. Um, we were just talking to Bill Griffin on the podcast yeah, here. Yeah, he's who's, a great customer yeah, of ours. He's done it a bunch of times. Um, and what's cool but, with Bill, so like Bill, we've we've worked with him not only going faster, but he also wanted to work on racecraft. So he right. like uploaded his whole race to us, and I actually was one of his coaches there. And we talked about overtaking, defending position, race starts, okay. warming up the tires. So it goes beyond as well. If you want that racecraft coaching, if you are a racer, right. you've got that side of it too, which is pretty rare. It's racecraft coaching is so counterintuitive in fact driving a race car yeah. as a whole fast is counterintuitive okay yeah absolutely um, what uh, what do you think the future for the company is like where are you guys headed yeah so uh we're, we're excited to announce that we've just launched into karting we've haven't announced this yet but we've got our first big motorbike coaches signed oh wow so we'll be launching into motorbikes uh early this coming year and then from there motorsports is our home right. it's my background it's what we care about but we will be expanding into outside yeah. sports as well yeah. hopefully in the middle of 2020 as far as uh motorsports goes um what are your new programs this year uh yeah so we've just launched uh, a new subscription to some of the best content available today right. and we've done it in the most affordable way so what we've done is we've got track breakdowns where right. we got a video review of a track and coach notes right. so 35 racetracks across the u.s okay. we have recordings to all of our webinars from coaches we have exclusive deals to partners and that all of that costs a hundred dollars a year right. with that you'll also get occasional and it might be changing to permanent discounts to our personalized coaching services as well. Cool. Um, so that way, it's even easier to access the best coaching. And that's our big belief is that world-class coaching should be affordable and accessible to anybody. Yeah. And that's what our mission is. So basically, your weekends are probably really busy right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, they are. We, we, we have the same-day turnaround times. Um, so we've got you know, 10 to 12 coaches on our platform right now. And yeah. they're, they're at nights on, on that Friday night when people are uploading the video cranking and to get coached, they're cranking them out, yeah. uh, which is great. You know, it, it, it's, it's been cool to see that, you know, in weekend, get that experience right then and there. Um, and honestly... What's been what's been nice for all of us is you get to go back to our roots and that right. passion, right? You know, the pro racing, as great as it is, right. it doesn't have the same passion as any of the grassroots stuff. So it's been fun for us. Cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good to know. Absolutely. Um, do you still drive? Uh, very rarely. Yeah. I, I don't get to drive as much as I'd like to. I still do right. occasional private coaching days, right. and they they let me get in the car and go pound around. So yeah. I know I still got it, um, but <laughs> I, I'm not really. Tr- it's only been a couple of years. Yeah, you know. But it's funny. It's like everyone comes up. It's like, man, you know, I wish I could drive as much as you. And I'm like, I've literally driven two times this whole yeah. year. <laughs> but it puts a smile on my face. And every time I drive, I'm like. Should I should I contact a couple no. pro teams and then I'm like no yeah. no it's not worth it anymore. Well, you're building the business. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. That's where our focus uh, is. I mean, who knows where it leads too? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah maybe, absolutely. Uh, maybe it's a very good thing long term, and uh, you get to drive again because yeah. you get all this free time. Yeah, you know it'd be nice to have free time and get to drive on my own accord and not yeah. have to rely on somebody else. But yeah. in the meantime, we're we're hoping to get out to more events. Maybe I'll try to come out to a Grid Life event right. in person next yeah, year, which I'm hoping you. to. Um, yep. I it's the the reputation you guys have is unbelievable and i'm such a big supporter of making racing fun yeah and i think you guys have done a fantastic yeah, fun, job doing accessible that accessible to and like uh, a place that the the younger uh, yeah. dr- segment of the of the really the hobby yeah. wants to be at like it's not it's not it's not like a 
thing that we meant to do. It's, it seems to be working, though. Yeah. Uh, and somebody's got to keep building the sport. I hope yeah. there's a million grid lives because then there's a million 65-year-olds in 25 years that absolutely. are still racing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I can tell you what. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, a significant concern with some of the older generation in our sport. Like, what's right. going to happen to it, right? Right. Uh, and I can tell you what. I will fully admit to the public, if I go to our most racetracks or most race events today, yeah. I'm bored out of my mind. And I'm yeah. a racer. And you're probably one of the youngest people in the paddock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm still 29 and I'm still bored. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah um, it, uh, it is still fun to do, though. Yeah. It's oh, really yeah. Fun. When you're competing, you're behind the wheel. There's nothing better no. than that. So what was your favorite car to race in pro race world? Ooh, what was uh, the most fun? And what was the most fun series? So I, I, I've got kind of a three-part answer to this. Right. Most fun I ever had on a racetrack right. was in a rental Toyota Yaris okay. at a PCA event passing like 911 GT3 cars. Of course. That was so much fun. Uh, right. Most ca- fun car to test, right. uh, DTM. I got an opportunity really? to test for Audi in the young driver test. Okay. Those things are unbelievable. What what uh, what track and stuff? Uh, we went to Jerez, okay. which is where they do the young driver test. And I got okay. a, an afternoon. It was the most intense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, you have so you're cool. not allowed to tr- at the track in the morning. Right. I had like a predisposed. You get like a five lap run to feel out the car. You get a ten lap run after like a really short break. You're not allowed to get out of the car. They show you like one thing of data really quick, and you're back out. A qualifying run, a race run, and then like one more run. So you get three hours, and that's it. So it's super intense, but man, those cars are just unbelievable. What kind of fast. DTM car was it? Uh, it was an Audi and uh, the RS5 DTM car. It was 2016 when I okay. got the test. So you're on track as well. They were just starting to release the new turbo version of the DTM. So they were testing the new car while we were driving the older car okay. on the track at the same time. Both pretty similar speeds. Uh, yeah. Most favorite car to race? Man, that's a really tough one. You raced uh, a lot of them real fast. I, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cars. So like, I've the. The old Porsche 911 GTC car at ALMS, right. it was, the, the gearbox was super crunchy. It was an old sequential box. Right. The sequentials are so much fun. So you just bang it in, bang yeah. it in. It's crunching, oh, yep. and you're fl- really flying the car around. I also really liked, I mean, the Audi R8 GT3 car, the, the, especially the newer one, right. I mean, it's so comfy. The clutch is on the steering wheel. There's an auto, right. uh, there's anti-stall, sorry. The car has got a lot of downforce for a GT3 car now. Yeah. So that one was probably my most, the, the favorite car to race was right. probably that one. Yeah. yeah. What's your most memorable memorable race? Uh, the Daytona 24 hour in 2013. Yeah. Um, so that was, I went into the season not having any full-time ride. Right. I helped put together the deal for Audi factory and alex Job to come together as a team and they brought me in as a driver for that event and at that time alex Job said okay i've, I've got this gig for you at the sebring 12 hour mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if you'll drive the audi car we think eventually i got the ride we went out there and it, it was a full factory effort when dr yeah. ulrich was still there he was at the events it was yeah. full all the german engineers um and all my teammates were either xdtm or lmp1 drivers for audi so i mean it was like top of the top big boy day big boy day i mean it was ollie jarvis it was philippe albuquerque and oh, edo cool. mortara so like the biggest names from audi um so to win that race was unbelievable but what really makes it memorable is so we won the race we get the watch i get a call next week and alex job was like so that ride i told you about the sebring 12 hour well the team now wants somebody else. We're going to invite you to a shootout. I know I promised you the ride, but now you got to go to this 10-lap 10, 10 shootout. And if you're faster, you'll get the ride. Right. So I went to the 10-lap shootout. 
got got the ride, was faster. We won the Sebring 12 hour, and then I still had no clue what the hell I was doing next. I had no ride <laughs> after that. You literally won the two biggest events. Two biggest <laughs> events, nothing. And then finally, two, mo- uh, two months of sitting there, Flying Lizard called me and, and gave me the contract for the rest of the year, which was pretty special. So 2013... Yeah. Right. That that series of up highs, lows, highs, lows was was pretty damn cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, where do people find uh, find out about Racers Three Hundred and Sixty? Just go to Racers Three Hundred and Sixty yeah. um, So we have all the information on how the different tiered services. Whether you're looking for just how to go faster and safer, if you want racecraft coaching, you can find right. everything there. Um, we also have the subscription service, all the track breakdowns, and yeah. a bunch of free content on there. We have awesome. some really, really great coaching videos for myself and our other coaches that are totally free. Uh, so go there, get as much out of it as you can, uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to work with you guys as well. Yeah. Um, I uh, This year you did a bunch of the track, track breakdowns for tracks that we were at. Yep. Um, so some of that content is out there. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, the, it's uh, even for me like a track I've been to 120 times. <laughs> it's cool to see like oh, oh yeah, I did that one wrong for, for the last eight years. <laughs> so, you can never really trust yourself. Yeah, uh, you know, it's always gonna get a second opinion. Yeah, right? and you know it, we we go beyond the lines. They're also what I like to say is none of our information is these like hour long videos. Right, it's it's 15 minutes to the point talking about vision acceleration points sort of break points it's meant for no matter what car you're driving it's going to help you and it's it's proper coaching it's not the typical stuff that you're seeing out there so anyone can consume it uh awesome really recommend it awesome we appreciate you coming on man yeah no appreciate it uh, thanks for giving us a shot this year i know a lot of our drivers thought it was awesome no no we Um, appreciate it and and thank uh, you guys for everything you're doing for our sport i i genuinely think you're doing a lot for it and uh, i can say i'm appreciative i wanted to exist someday and even if we can help a little uh (laughs) i wanted to exist someday when i am old and i have time yeah i know like we want to go watch racing at some point when we're older right yeah that's right (laughs) Uh, we got got a you know when my child is uh of age i don't have to care for her then i get free time and get to wheel a car again right that's the dream uh, we right gotta have there. those racetracks healthy and thriving absolutely <laughs> so. we'll work together on that yeah, i'm sure you got the support of everybody else uh, in the sport we uh yeah thanks for coming out to the party too so. absolutely see you man five four three two one. hi Dewey. hey what's up how was uh, pri for you the pri is great yeah it's, see i did sema this year too and right. sema like was madly disappointed it was awful it Why? was terrible what's the bad about it it's all show cars, and it's all like glitzy, glamoury yeah. wheels. I don't care about all There's like four race cars at SEMA. Yeah, and four. like legitimately four race yeah. cars, and then PRI is wall to wall race cars. The type of people I want to talk about, the yeah. parts I care about, the companies I care about. Like yeah. PRI is an infinitely better show. Do we, I, I, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have to be a little louder. I have to be louder. <laughs> just okay, kidding. I can do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Somebody like you who runs a shop, mail order, you know, sales, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come to a show like this, what's your goal? Are you just basically like whoring out your race car? Hey, sponsor me? Oh, this year's been kind of like three things. Okay. Okay, because I'm trying to launch a website. Right. So we're going to be doing a lot more mail order, things like that. Six Star Motorsports. Um, Six Star Motorsports.com. There you go. So we're we're trying to get that moving along. So I've got a lot of like distributors and stuff I need to talk to. Okay. I'm looking for new product, things like that. But now that I have the Time Attack program, I'm really trying to whore myself Uh, and. uh, Get all the help I can. I saw your hero card. I have a hero card. It's in my. I do got a hero card. You do. Um, How uh, how have conversations gone? Uh, Are you just walking up to people you know or people you don't know? Um, How's it go? A little of both, actually. Like I met with a clutch company I've never even heard the name of today, and they were super excited to get involved. Okay. Um, 
you know, and then there's there's stuff that I had planned out weeks before that I right. wanted to talk to these people about, and it, yeah. it's, it's worked out really well, yeah. Yeah, the, the struggle that we find at PRI is it's hard to walk around. Uh, it, the aisles are smaller than SEMA. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, nonchalant circle track dads <laughs> yep. who aren't going fast. They, they tend to be larger They're, folk, too. They are, and they are not. In her, man, check out them rockers. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and it, like, three booths down, there's another set of rockers yeah. that they got to check I, out. I swear. We were, on, we were like... <laughs> Chris and Abe and I are trying to make a beeline for AEM before that the happening. show closes. We got to like talk to the dude about the things, yeah. and like on the way there, passing like track dad. No, uh, three or four times I heard separate different guys say, "Hey, did you see them rockers?" <laughs> like three or four times. Have you seen? There's like dudes running around on segways. Lot, yeah. How are you doing that on a segway, not scene. killing people? This place is seen, man. It's insane. Um, so, your Time Attack program was rad. You set the Gingerman lap record. Yes. Super excited uh, about that. October. Barely beat Alex Moss. Yeah. You guys had a war going on Oh, it's so good. I, I love how close. Um, how'd the car end up? Uh, is it in a million pieces? Uh, is it um, Well, is it I still got to fix some stuff from uh, my run-in with a wall at Speed Ring. Um, nah, that little so, guy? Don't worry about that. Yeah, it's guy. fine. But uh, other than that, honestly, the car runs fine. I'm, I am going to do some updates and upgrades and okay. fix some stuff. But other than that, the car's in great shape, which the- is really nice for how hard of a season yeah. he had last year that Any I didn't even take the car out of the trailer for two weeks after that event because I'm like, it's fine. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Any big changes? Uh, Borg Warner's helping us out with a slightly larger turbo. Cool. Um, cool. The car's going to be a little prettier. Um, but past that, Boo. Boo. not really. A little. A little. A little. Not a lot. <laughs> okay, good. Like, what's crazy is like a, a big corporation like Borg Warner they didn't want me to make the car look pretty. They're like, we love the whole concept of this car, including the the rat Dude, rod look of it. Everybody's got a pretty car. Yeah, like ugly cars. Does. Ugly cars with a story are They're more interesting. Better. They're way better. Uh, well, so. that's good to hear. I'm glad uh, people agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. always loved the. Uh, uh, they, hey, look at this shit I built in my garage. Like, yes. Uh, and we just got here in time. Don't mind that fender. Like, it's, I love it's that. It's relatable. Look. Yes. And yeah. and that's you know I get that from a lot of guys who who follow our program. Right. They are they love it. It's it's a relatable vehicle. It's something right. they could build in their garage if they really wanted to. No, so so for listeners who didn't hear the last show, you have a uh, what a, a what year like ninety eight. It's 98. a ninety five. Impreza yeah. L, so it's the most base model one you can get. Roll up yeah. windows, no sunroof. It's got what you want to uh, build a race car out of. It's got the uh, what the wide body that was like. Uh, what do they call that? What's the wide body kit? It's like a W, like a twenty two B, but it's like a, it's it's a WRC kit actually. Yeah. So it's a little wider, but yeah, I love that. Yeah. I had to run a uh, an offset wheel that I really don't like doing, but to fill out the fender wells with a little teeny two fifty five tire, I had to run like a plus twenty two wheel. Yeah, so. <laughs> you got a lot of fu- you got a lot of fender in there. Yeah, so. uh, good. I'm glad your PR show was good. Uh, how was the last question? How was the Lime Scooter race? The Lime Scooter race was sketchy. Yeah. Um, we may have uh, made some moms and stuff a little less than happy about it, but it, it, all in all, it was a good time, and everybody was, you know, nobody, when it was all said and done, we had a good time. Nobody, nobody got hurt. Went other to the than, hospital. No, I, I've got a. I'm bleeding off my ankle, That's but cool. yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> no big so. deal. You didn't need that ankle. Yeah, anyway. I didn't need that. No, nope. as long as it's the right. As long as you got that right foot still, you know. <laughs> Uh, good. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're having a good time. So. Yeah, yeah, it's the best, man. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for being on the show. We're gonna pop Anytime. around, and talk to as many people as we can. It's Do your gonna, thing. It's gonna be a shit show. <laughs> um, hey, Slip Angle. Uh, we're back at SIK, uh, waiting for stuff to start, and like, lots of people are here already, which I think is there are more people here than we thought were coming, and it, we're we're still like an hour out. 
Um, so I think it's going to get pretty busy. I'm here at the table with the squad, the Fortners. Uh, the whole gang is here. Who's on the microphone? Uh, right now, I'm Rich Fortner. I'm the oldest guy. and uh, I'm Cal Fortner. I drive the Audi S4. I'm Eddie Fortner, sometimes known as Eddie Fortner. <laughs> so uh, these guys run the S4 in the street modified class of the Good Lifetime Attack, um, run a ton of laps, burn the brakes down always, yes, and uh, have the best time. So we love seeing you guys in grid because you're never having no fun. So uh, for for any listener, like you guys run Al's Auto Body, and yeah. uh, during a little while, lots of really unique cars come through that shop. Lots how of did cars. You, how did you get started in all of this? Well, I think with Grid Life, I just kind of saw a bunch of people having a lot of fun driving the cars around a track, and I said, well, I kind of want to do that. That just looks so much fun, and it wasn't a thing where I wanted to be instantly competitive because I knew that wasn't really possible, but it was just a stepping stone to be able to do things in racing. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. Sure. And what I looked at was I used to build drag cars, then I built, like, handling cars, grip cars, uh, but I would take old mods and old cars, make them resto mods. Make them handle 1.2, 1.3 Gs in a turn and stuff. Cal didn't really know about that. He knew that I fixed cars. He didn't know I built them. And when I saw that he was getting interested in it, and I saw what grid life was, I thought that was a great way to get our whole family involved because it looked like something that was clean fun and a lot of fun. And it's as much fun as you want to make it. Yeah, for sure. You guys always hang out and get to know people and... What's funny is, uh, for your business, actually, it probably could have just ended up being a lot of customers, right? Because, you know, there's racing, and uh, we've got wheel-to-wheel series, and cars might come through the shop. You never know. Yeah. Uh, That's not the main reason we went into it, though. It is a byproduct. I can't lie about it. It is a byproduct. People see it. They see the Audi parked at the shop. It's, it's pretty cool. But the main reason was is just to get together and get together with people. Sure. And it's a lot better atmosphere than the drag racing crowds that we were with. Okay. Um, with the drag racing, nobody would tell you their setup. Nobody would say what they're running, and nobody would really help you out. There's no driver involved. Got it. It's a switch. You hit the gas pedal, you go straight, you're done. You build a car for a month and a half, you drive for 10 seconds, you go and build a car for a month and a half again. Sounds tough. It is. With the road racing, you go up to almost anybody at Grid Life, whether they're seasoned forever or whether they're new guys there, and you ask them to help you set up your car or you help them set up their car, they'll tell you their setup. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's the thing that kind of got me to keep coming back to events, too, was because everyone was so welcoming. Yeah, for sure. Like, there wasn't anybody there, at least that I encountered, that was a jerk. Everyone was willing to help, like, especially being, like, the new guy there. Like, I was totally shy. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And literally everyone that I talked to just welcomed us in and helped us out and just showed us how everything works. I think that's the huge thing that really makes Grid Life unique from other series. Sure. Yeah. yeah and the, uh, well, something I remember about you um, at Autobahn this year, we had bouts of rain, kind of came in and out. And uh, we really, really like to... Um, support and praise good driving in the rain because it's just you know it's it's a different element of the craft of driving and you were at the front of grid every session in the rain like 
going for broke, really just trying to to uh, to have fun, and that was super exciting to see. And it not every driver wants to do that, and so it's super cool to to see like a team that's. That's what they want to be doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little different than most drivers, too, because racing in the rain is one of my favorite things to do. Like, if it if I see rain in the forecast, like, I don't get nervous. I just get excited because sure. it's just so much fun. That's, that's the athlete. The athletic part of him is the, uh, that's why I got into it, because baseball, he loves baseball. But the car racing thing, you're you're racing within your own numbers, improving yourself. Sure. Same thing in baseball. You improve yourself with your own playing ability. And the same thing with, uh, you know, it goes back and forth. So it kind of made me feel a bit better knowing that he's doing it within himself, not competing with the next guy. Yeah, for sure. He competes with himself first, and then if he ends up winning, he ends up winning. Not a big deal. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned this, but I play college baseball too. So grid life is kind of like my second sport. It's too many hobbies, man. That's like a lot of stuff. You're pretty much busy all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I have zero free time, and I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. So, uh, you've told me before, but never on the show, the some of the unique builds that come to the shop. Can you give us a story of something that was really cool that you guys did? Oh, uh, the Martin Luther King car. Yeah, we restored <laughs> the last car Martin Luther King Jr. ever rode in. Yeah, we did that for the Civil Rights Museum. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, we we had just opened the shop. Um, a guy called me up uh, named Bill Kales, and he said, Rich, I've got the last car Martin Luther King Jr. ever rode in. Are you willing to restore it? I'm kind of a car buff. I said, that car doesn't exist. It was crushed years ago. He said, no, I have it. I said, I'll tell you what. You bring that car. Bring the proof that you have that car. I'll restore it. I won't charge any labor. So I didn't hear from him for about a year, maybe a little bit more. Then I get a phone call. says, yeah, you ready for that car? I said, what are you talking about? He said, this is Bill Kales. I've got the Lincoln. I said, what Lincoln are you talking about? He goes, the Martin Luther King car. I said, okay, whatever. Bring it by. We'll see what you got. So he brought it by with proof and paperwork, documentation, everything. There was a tree growing through the car. It was horrible. Wow. It wasn't worth $100 if you put $95 in the glove box. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, we didn't let anybody know that we did it, though. We oh, no, it we kept secret. it real quiet. We didn't want to use it. Right yeah, we didn't want any media attention or anything like That's that. That's very cool. Yeah, so I called our paint supplier at the time, which was PPG Paint, uh -huh. told them the project we had. They donated all of the paint supplies, which was awesome, because that's thousands of dollars you yeah, know, for to sure. do a project like this. So we tried to keep it as quiet as possible for a couple reasons. One, you don't know the reaction people are going to have when you're doing a restoration like that. Sure. Because it, it is different. You don't know there's thievery and all that. Sure. Reason number two is once somebody finds out you're doing a restoration like that, every part gets three times as expensive. Oh, for sure. So you want to keep... There's it's only like a couple... like a wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. There's, there's only a couple houses uh, that sell used Lincoln parts of that vintage. So we kept, oh yeah, so we kept it real quiet. Then one of my customers came in, just BSing with me and saw the car. He says, why are you putting this piece of whatever together? You can say shit, it's fine. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> Edwards are okay on this show. I just didn't want to take a chance. We're, we're kind of lowbrow. Okay. I fit in perfectly. Then. <laughs> so he wound up knowing the editor of the times okay so he said oh you got to get this in the newspaper i said it's not my car i can't put it in the newspaper he said i'm calling it i'm calling to get it in i said whatever 
So I get a call from the editor. Is this Rich Fortner? I said, yes. He said, do you have this car there? I said, yes. He said, well, I'm going to come down and do a story. I said, no, you are not. He said, it's not <laughs> my car. You were scared about being on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let so, me just mention the fact that he was a total nervous wreck in his interview. Oh, I'm but, an absolute nervous yeah. wreck in an interview on TV. Are you kidding me? Right. So they call Bill Kales, the owner of the car. Bill Kales says, sure, go out there, do the story. Like, oh, my so God. So now you're doing interviews. Oh, yeah. Now I'm doing it. Jesse Jackson called me. Al Sharpton called me. Wow. All these people called me up thanking me for doing the job. They asked, and they asked, why are you doing that it? That was somebody else. Um, that was the the person that owns Live, you know, was it Live? Live Nation. Live Nation. Okay. He called me. He lived in Frankfurt at the time. And he said, Rich, thank you for doing this. How did you get the car? So we went through the whole story. And he said, I got to ask you, why is a white guy in St. John, Indiana doing this car? I said, wow, that's racist as hell. And he said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, gosh. Well, he's an African-American that asked me. Sure. So I said, well, I, I'm going to be blunt. It was sitting behind a black-owned body shop for 20 years, and nobody touched it. Sure. Somebody has to do this car. Sure, yeah. And he said, enough said. So that wasn't too bad, but then all the people started coming to the shop and interrupting workflow. And so I, people would come in 20, 30 at a time. So I shut the shop down, had an open house, let everybody come out. This is a showing of it. After this, you are not allowed in my shop anymore. But the problem is, is other places found out I was doing it, so now the parts prices went through the roof. Got it. Where they're asking $200 for a piece of chrome. It's terrible. Yeah, right. So we started scouring eBay, found another Lincoln in Ohio, fully assembled car. Okay. Called the person up. Said, can you take it off of auction? We'll come give you whatever you want. She goes, Oh, who is this? I said, Well, it's Al's auto body. We're just gonna need we just need the car. Oh, this was my father's car, and it's gonna be so nice that you're restoring it. I said, Yeah, it's right. a parts car. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna look amazing. We'll be out there with the trailer. So we went out there, picked it up, just gutted it. Oh, just geez. tore it to pieces. Got the vehicle finished on Cornelia Crenshaw's birthday, who was the actual owner of the vehicle, and they put it in the civil rights parade down in uh uh, Memphis. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. And it was really cool. It toured the country. They did videos of it and all that stuff. Uh, so it was what, a lot of fun. What kind of projects have you been working on recently? Anything fun? Uh, Bentley Continental Super Sports. We just finished up. We're doing. Uh, yeah, we're working on. Uh, well, we can kind of say it. We're working on a Dewey's old streetcar. Making it oh, look uh, good yes, again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I remember We're that. We're making it whole again. I remember he spun at Blackhawk and, and made made a little contact. Yeah, yeah it's actually going to look like a decent Subaru again and not a track rat. So, yeah. So, uh, the, the band aid, the, the kind of beige band aid that's on that car, Adam actually printed those for me because <laughs> uh, the same year I had some contact at Autobahn and the car was like. Looking, looking bad, and I was like, "We might as well just put a bandaid on it." And so it said, "Grid Life Bandaid." Oh, that was awesome! I was wondering where that came from. <laughs> That's pretty neat. So uh, at the time, like, um, I didn't know you guys, and so I did have some body work done last year, and I kind of wish that I had it. Oh my god, this interview's over. Yeah, I know. Have to end like, this interview. <laughs> the, uh, so it was, it was like the outer skin on the rear quarter panel, and uh, through a, a guy I know in Chicago, I was like. 
I need this done as cheap as possible. And uh, ended up like kind of scheduling it, get it done. They they cut out the old one, put the new one in, and I had the panel already. Um, it was about a thousand bucks, but I got it from them. And there's like overspray everywhere, which is annoying. Oh jeez! And then I had to put the whole car back together because they had like they like ripped everything apart and put the panel in. But they hadn't reassembled. But they didn't everything. reassemble anything. So I spent like six hours putting all the crap back together, and it's like, well, wow. I deserve this because I'm really cheap, and I can't imagine a job like that was any cheaper than a thousand dollars. No, that is pretty cheap to put a quarter panel. You supplied the panel. Though? I did. Yeah. Oh, that, that's not that cheap. Ah, shit. Yeah. Sorry. Next time. Yeah. You know, I I have a because uh, you got a guy now. I. You know what? Speaking of having a guy. I have a one of 1,000 Honda Civic 8th Gen that's known for having crappy clear coat, and it's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. You, you want to you wanna do a little work yeah, on that? Yeah, we're kind of okay with paint, so. Yeah, yeah. I kind of do that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, the, the clear coat on that car comes off. And, yeah, the, uh, all the Hondas. A lot of vehicles had that at the time because they didn't put enough UV protection in the clear. Okay. So the sun goes through it, hits the paint underneath, and burns it from the inside out. Got it. So with modern clear coats, you have a lot more UV protection in it, okay. so you don't have that so problem if, anymore. If someone does something like that, um, obviously there's some prep work involved. Mm -hmm. But if if you've got peel, like the clear coat is peeled off, and the paint's underneath and it's kind of exposed yeah is what what kind of preparation do you have to do to make a car ready to clear coat again what we do is we you can't just re-clear coat it sure that's not going to happen so we have to mechanically paint strip everything the um, whole car everywhere where that is effective got it okay so it's typically top of fenders roof hood trunk lid and sometimes the top of the quarters up by the c panel okay so you would mechanically strip that back to where the paint is still adhering. Because you don't want to paint strip the entire car. Of course not. It's not necessary. Paint strip what's necessary. Then you'll put a, a primer, etching primer on the bare metal. Then you'll put a fill primer, sealer, base coat, then the clear coat. After it's clear coated, you let it wait 24 hours. Then you nib sand it with 1,500 grit sandpaper, 3,000 grit sandpaper, buff it, polish it, clean it, give it back. So it's very simple. It, I, I'm sure it's simple. It's just a lot of hours. It's only yes. a couple steps. I mean, anybody can do it. The process yeah. is messy, but it comes out clean. I believe that. But <laughs> the question is, how much am I willing to spend on a car that I bought for less than ten thousand dollars? It kind of depends on how much you like that car. I really like that car. <laughs> you see, it's it's all a matter of of end value. How much the car means to you? Sure. Yeah. Do you have an attachment to the car because if you don't have an attachment to the car sell the damn car don't so, don't throw tons of money into something that you're not passionate about. oh yeah um so that car comes with a honda k20 um and mechanically it's actually really really similar to a standard si of the same era okay um it's a special edition so it has some body work and some cool wheels that ended up being like they're silly expensive for what they are but um, I always thought that it would be fun to put uh, the 2.4, the K24 in, kind of uncork it a little bit, but keep it totally like street worthy and just like use it for messing around on the track and have it be like a special engine, special edition car. And that would be a way to like differentiate it and make it a little bit cooler. And see, that would be, to me, that is like king cool. Yeah. I love onions. Sure. It's hard to explain. Um, when I did a lot of custom work, I would build onion customs. And what it is is 
just one little thing would be different on the outside of the car. Sure. Outside of the car would look almost completely stock. Then you look, and maybe this exhaust isn't coming out where it's supposed to come out. Sure. Then it makes you look underneath the car, and you say, oh, my God, what did they do to this car? Yeah, right. Then you start peeling the layers off, and as you keep going, you're finding more layers. So, And it makes it a more interesting build. For sure. Um, I, maybe you guys know Andy Smedgard. He drives uh, that white Evo in the Unlimited class. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very fast yeah. and like a super friend of Gridlife. Um he has spent the last couple of years making a name for himself in his shop doing K24 swaps in just about everything. And uh, he's like, you know, we could we could get a junkyard motor for 800 bucks, and we might be able to get this swap done for $2,000 total. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's that, so that cool. sounds Hondas like are fun. Awesome. Yeah, Hondas are great. Don't buy an Audi. They're too expensive. <laughs> yeah, we're right now we're in the middle of a $21,000 engine and trans build on the Audi. Uh, we had uh, Ed Colazzo <laughs> on the show a couple nights ago, and uh, he is in the middle of a $54,000 uh, Porsche GT3 engine repair. Uh, exploded, <laughs> uh, the guy exploded, exploded a motor at the racetrack and uh, was wanting, like, a, a factory unit. And they're super hard to find, apparently. Yeah. And you can't just go get a GT3 junkyard motor. So, no. Uh, 54 grand is, he said it was his most expensive repair bill. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, stick with the Hondas. Yeah, Hondas are cheap. So, um, coming from the Evo, like spending that kind of money once, like, I'm way cheaper than I was two years ago. Um, but spending that kind of money, it's like, well, that would be kind of neat. It'd be fun to have OEM reliability and, like, a sealed Honda motor, but just have it be torquier everywhere and just a little bit punchier, you know? See, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a whole lot of fun. Andy, um, Andy's been doing a lot of work with uh, Alex Moss in the Street Mod class from the S2000, and they're using yeah. that as basically a development car. And, and as far as I can tell, that's that's just about as fast as, as an S2000 can go around the track in a street trim. Yeah, watch out for Alex Moss next year. He's going to be very fast. So, um... Were you guys at uh, our announcement this morning? I don't remember. The, the NATA meeting? Okay. No, it wasn't. So not too many changes for Street Mod this year, but uh, it should be like a really good competition. Um, there's a lot of people that are competitive at the front, and it's just we're building a weird thing, and people keep showing up, so we're, we're grateful. I think the whole cool thing about Street Mod, though, is the fact that everyone is getting so crazy with it. Like, there's no other class like that at Grid Life right now, and really in Time Attack in general. Like, you have these guys taking cars that are supposed to be street cars and bending every single rule possible and making these things as fast as they can possibly go within the rules. So I don't know if you've seen the 2020 rules yet, but I did add a clause uh, for, any, for any class that has street in the name. Uh, I reserve the right to ice cream impound your car, and that is... Send your spouse, or take your spouse, or my spouse, actually, to go get ice cream. So as a way to keep those cars truly roadworthy, I wanted a, a way to, like, I mean, why, why do people come to our events? To have fun, right? And yeah, if you right. bring your spouse to an event, you want them to have fun. And so take the car and go do something for a minute and just get away from the track and come back and just make it sustainable because... If all you are is laser-focused on lap times, it's not going to be very fun, I don't think. No. <clears throat> yeah, and like 
we're not getting paid millions of dollars to go around a racetrack, so I think if you're not having fun, there's really no point in even doing it, in my opinion at least. Well, one thing I do like about it is I like the different builds oh, yeah, that absolutely. you see with it. The different cars, the different thing, and you don't have to have a crazy fast car to people to pay attention to you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so much fun, and with the time attack structure, the people that are watching, just the, the, the spectators, have no idea who's in first. They're just seeing one car fly yeah, after right. another, and they're having a ball. They're relating some of it to, like, okay, I like that Audi, or I like that S2000. Yeah, yeah your car does get a lot of love at events. It's It sounds very good. It's got a really unique, uh, like, aesthetic and design, and... Uh, it, it runs laps. Back home. Well, and the flashy <laughs> lights don't hurt. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. The, for lights. some reason, for a reason I think I understand, um, apparently underbody became the thing this, like, through through no effort of our own. People <laughs> were just like, yeah, we're putting underglow on these cars because yeah, we're, we're running at night. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at our last event, there was a whole lot of neon lights. I bet... I bet eBay sellers made a ton of money oh, from Gridlock. Yeah, there was probably $1.3 million in LED at the last event. So silly. You know, I mean, in my opinion, I think if you're racing at night, like, you should have underglow. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, just why not? It's way cooler. Oh, I think Adam and I are both planning to do underglow in the RVs as well, because I think that's important, too. See, we're going to put I, underglow I, I, on okay, our trailer. I, I, we I were think just that might be a first. That. I've never seen an RV with underglow. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think you have to do it. I think that's... It's a must. Yeah. It's so, an absolute must. Um, so we're about 20 minutes in. Where can prospective customers or people that are interested in your shop learn more about what you guys do? Oh, there's alsautobodyexperts.com. Uh, you can check us out there. You can just give me a call at the shop. I'm there all the time. Even if you just want to call for advice. Uh, Cal, you know more about this. Yeah, and we also videos. have an Instagram page where we kind of post behind-the-scenes stuff about what we're doing. Um, lots of cool projects on there, actually, so be a cool account to follow. What is the Instagram page? Sales Auto Body Experts. Oh, okay. awesome. So uh, thanks for you guys, and I hope to see you in uh, 2020. I hope you bring that silly car out some more and have it make good noise and have fun. So thanks for coming. All right, well, thanks for having us. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello. Hello.